Hello, welcome to The Offshoot. I'm the host, Lee Sean Nelson. And today I have a very special guest, Jose Torres Thomas. And I'm probably mispronouncing that name, but he will surely correct me. Uh, Jose, welcome to The Offshoot. Hey, um, Lee, I'm deeply grateful. Uh, Jose Torres Tama, that is the, it's a hyphenated name. Uh, and I use the hyphenated name because when I came into this country, my full name is Jose Eduardo Torres Tama on my Ecuadorian passport, but mm -hmm. I had to face the atrocity and the intervention of um, Miami border guards that scratched out my, my last name and Tama and reduced Jose Torres, Jose Eduardo Torres Tama to Jose E. Torres. That so that was like the first cultural challenge. But it sounds like they were already trying to change your identity before you even became an American citizen. Yeah, that's right. And actually, we were permanent resident aliens at the time. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that we understand the codifying that's always been part of the dehumanizing legacy for immigrants in this country. And and yet, the pilgrims arrived without papers, right? Why were they not deported? Yeah. So do you think that what's going on right now is that America, I'm referring to the United States of America and its government systems, if you will. Do you think that America is trying to change the identities of Latinos and other people of color, the way they try to change your name? Is that kind of what you see happening on many different levels, not just with the name change, but also with um, trying to create divisions and create a narrative that's not their own? Absolutely. That leads me to a very interesting path and, and a response. First of all, let's make sure we understand that there is no America. It's the hemispheric Americas, the United States of North America. I was born in Ecuador, South America. Mm -hmm. I was raised in New York City, New Jersey of North America. I'm more American than most of you. Uh, and I'm part of the hemispheric Americas. I'm a progeny mm -hmm. of Spanish rape of indigenous women of the conquistadors. Uh, and that's why I speak Spanish as well. Mm -hmm. And I am part Quechua indigenous native. Most of the mm -hmm. uh, Ecuadorians like myself who are mestizo, that means we're a hybrid. We're part indigenous progeny by the rape of the Spanish conquistadors upon our women. And also I'm part German, Tom is a German name. So most south americans and like most people in the hemispheric americas like yourself we're a hybrid race and in many ways we're a hybrid race in a sacred and profound race and what the united states uh loves to do and i don't call it the americas because again it's a wrongful misnomer what the united states love to do is reduce everybody else outside of its eurocentric plantation paradigm into the other right they present themselves as the center and they are not the center and america is and the united states forgive me the united states is afraid it, it is built on fear and hatred and that's why all of this is afraid you know the fact that, but that, that fear, i'm assuming i'm assuming you mean that fear and hatred is coming from the the population of the United States that is currently in power, referring to mostly the white Caucasian Americans, if you will. The Eurocentric power structure. Let's make sure we understand that it's Eurocentric white. Any Polish person or any Ukrainian person that comes here right now can migrate into whiteness immediately, right? Look at, look at what's happening. Yes, I understand. It's a terrible situation with Putin, but all Putin's doing is putting out the US playbook. Did not we invade, did not this country invade Iraq, a sovereign nation, when the Bush administration just decided to invade and the whole world demonstrated against it? 
Putin's pulling out the U.S. playbook. The U.S. playbook has supported so many dictatorships in Latin America. Uh, really get me started on that. Woo! No, no I, mean, I understand that that's so my, my audience, just so you know, this will probably be a two or three part series because uh, Jose is a performance artist and he talks about these issues through his artwork and he has done this internationally, not just in the United States, but he's done it in Europe and other places as well. So we can go very deep on uh, the atrocities, if you will, the changing of identities, if you will, by Anglo-Europeans and Anglo-United States Americans. So, but to your point, Jose, let's kind of backtrack a little bit and take things a little bit slowly for the audience because uh, not to overwhelm the audience, but there is a lot, you, you, like you talk about identities, you know, just like with the black community, like you said, you know, a lot of us, particularly those of us from the South, uh, we have family members where the hues are very, very broad. And we know where that comes from, just like in your case, being indigenous and, and Spaniards who have raped women in Ecuador and other places in South America and Latin America. We have a lot in common. That's why a lot of my projects are black and brown oriented. For example, the Taco Truck Theater Project. Uh, an, a, diverse, a diverse ensemble where we sold uh, food and we did public events. Uh, I, my food vendor, Heidi Hickman, African-American woman, mm -hmm. fabulous uh, cook that created this hybrid um, Mexican food inspired by Mexico, right? Because she's an African-American here, Creole cook in New Orleans. And our motto was Black Lives Matter and no human being is illegal. And we were saying that back in 2016 and 2017. So we didn't get on just a bandwagon. I actually purposely put together a diverse group of artists, black, brown, and white, to address these issues. Because how can you be called illegal in an illegal settler colonial nation? The whole country is a lie. That's the thing. And that's why it might be really shocking to your uh, listeners because. I'm a renegade scholar. I lecture at universities like Duke and Vanderbilt and Cornell. Even when they brought me to Cornell, the, the Latin American students at the time uh, that had read one of my articles when I was living back up in New York, and I'm talking about being at Cornell back in the 90s when I was ba living back in New York, they uh, had read one of my articles about the way that Latin ex people, Latinos, Hispanic people are now being seduced into consumerism because what this country likes to do is seduce you into consuming and give you a false sense of freedom because consuming doesn't do anything for us other than have us become blind consumers that uh, migrate into what is called the larger culture right to assimilate well isn't that also part of uh how you continue to grow and stimulate capitalism isn't that what it's really all about Boom, exactly. Thank you for being so brilliant about that because we have to address what did we have to address what the pandemic revealed. You and I knew that black and brown and, and Asian and Muslim people that we were going to be the victims, the greater victims, that our people were going to have the greatest fallout from the pandemic and from COVID because of our lack of access. That didn't come news to us. We didn't need to have some kind of uh pew charitable trust. Uh, um research on that we knew that because we have health disparities right within our communities we knew that that's intrinsic to the dna of this country to make sure that those other people outside of the eurocentric plantation paradigm 
do not have the same access to education, to yeah. health, to, to jobs. So, so as a performance artist, and you mentioned briefly one of your projects, which is called you know, the uh, Amnesia of America. Uh, talk about how performance artists, particularly you as a performance artist, get this message out there to people, not just here in the United States, but also in Latin and South America and Europe. Uh, this, this message of, okay, we got to start looking deeper and really learn uh, what really is the, the fact uh, of the Western Hemisphere, if you will. Well, I'm going to do my bad Jack Nicholson impersonation. You can't handle the truth, right? Because yeah. some people cannot handle the truth. That's true. <laughs> some just cannot. <laughs> Come on, you know, look at look at all the Republican Nazi Party people right now, and I call them straight up because that's who they are. Let's make sure we do not mix our words, right? Okay. Toni Morrison, before she transitioned, she said, "As as the the chump stole that election, because uh -huh. he has a really brilliant." He has a brilliant way to seduce because he was a you know a long time what he had that show where he fired people right he's a long time con man so the, and i don't even mention his name to me he's like voldemort he who should not be then mentioned the chump the job of the hot pimp or the agent orange of chaos those are my names for him. Mm -hmm. so even as he migrated to the power he stole that and he was the first one to call uh that he was already calling that election being stolen yet he stole it with the support of putin right so he's one of the exemplary models of not even understanding where he is in terms of the power structure because he's you know he's a wannabe dictator so what you have here is you have someone who propagates amnesia in a really big way okay yet you have someone who is totally unqualified right black and brown people and asian people muslim people if we are in positions of power at universities or wherever we are to get there we have had to deal with all kinds of challenges and struggles and most white privileged uh, america um, white privileged citizens of the united states do not even understand that because if only we had a program for um there was a book came out a while back called mm -hmm. uh, hamlet in the hollow Hamlet in the hollow deck. Imagine if 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 people with that Eurocentric background got a chance to experience what it meant to be Latino, what it meant to be Latina, what it meant to be black or brown or Asian mm -hmm. during this period. Gringolandia has no understanding of the terror that our people experienced during the four years of the of the Trump trauma presidency. They have no understanding of the fear that Latin immigrants experience, Muslim people. Let's not forget the Muslim ban. You know the 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 the, the rise in hate crimes against our Asian community. I mean, you know, the rise in hate crimes against Black and Brown and 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 Asian and Muslim people. Imagine if it was Black, Brown, Asian. That's one of the lines in my show. Um, in the United States of Amnesia, imagine if it was Black, Brown. Asian Muslim Americans storming the capitals, we would have become a new Gatling gun massacre. Yes, the theory is that we all would have been killed. So let me ask you this question then. So the United States of, of Amnesia, which is what your performance art is all about with this particular show, uh, but would you say that there is a growing number of people of color who are actually waking up and learning their own histories? And so for them, the amnesia is being erased so who has amnesia in the united states of america are you referring to those in power uh, are you referring to the caucasian people in power in this country because there are 
we do have our white allies who are awake and they're aware of these issues. So is that what you mean? And is that what you're trying to address with your performance art? Yes. And first of all, I, I want to get back to the quote with Toni Morrison. She said, right as the chump took power, that this is the time for artists to speak their voices, that we have to speak. And I'm I'm just paraphrasing in a poor way because, you know, Toni Morrison was brilliant in, in her statement right afterwards, right? And, and that's what we have to do. We have to speak true to the perverse abuse of power. So I'm talking about the dominant power structure that sees itself as archaic. It's fading. It's going away. You know, it's taken 500 years. Well, in this country, 250 years, actually during the pandemic in December of 2020, it was the 400 year anniversary of when the pilgrims who illegally arrived here landed in Plymouth Rock. And once they landed in Plymouth Rock, they began to exact genocide against the indigenous people. Let's make sure that the longest war that has gone on in this country has been against indigenous people to one, kill them, exterminate them, put them in reservations, actual genocide mm -hmm. and steal their land. So how can, and you know, there was one, one t-shirt or one placard that you would see during the large uh, movements with um, against the anti-immigrant hysteria, because that's what it's been. It's an anti-immigrant hysteria since 9-11. And I know I may be going fast because I have a tendency, I'm an ex-New Yorker, so I'm jacked up on coffee. I understand. I lived in New York for two years, so I We rolled it off. We rolled it yeah. off. And there's a lot of information there. But it's important for us to speak truth to the perverse abuse of power because we have an archaic um, power structure that sees its demise. They're seeing, they're seeing its demise because we are a hybrid people. We've always been within my family. So, the Jews are 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 just as as colorful as it is within African American families. So sorry to interrupt. So with that, then what you just said is that was driving the fear. Uh, for those people who are afraid that they see that uh, this country is becoming more of a hybrid. Um, now, I'm not saying that uh, the entire country in terms of well, the Western Hemisphere, we're going to see everyone become a hybrid at some point. But I hear what you're saying, uh, because we do have people out there who only want to maintain Black relationships and Black families. We do have people out there who want to maintain Latino families and relationships. We do have people out there who want to only maintain Asian and Asian families and relationships. Um, and the same thing for white as well. And I don't think anything is wrong with that, but we also have people who wouldn't be here had it not been for, unfortunately, the rapes of Black women, Indigenous women, etc. So is that part of the amnesia that people are forgetting? Or, or, or should we uh, learn to embrace it all? I call it the United States of Amnesia because this country seduces its people to embrace forgetting. And in the power, when they take away that power, they offer you the pimping of purchase power. Like, oh, buy and you everything will be good. You know, like the visa card, visa, we are everywhere you, you want to be. No, we, we mm -hmm. people of color everywhere, everywhere now and everywhere where they wanted to be in power because the country is going back to the 1950s. And actually... It's going back to even a pre-McCarthy era. It's going back to 100 years ago. Let's, again, it's because we haven't been taught properly. You know, yes, I went to college and I went to school, but I learned a lot more once I got out. Mm -hmm. Never, never did um, 
and I went to an all boys Jesuit school and they, they, they inspired critical thinking and mm-hmm. went and studied art and philosophy. And I was living in, in the metropolis of New York when I was there. And therefore mm-hmm. uh, I studied media sociology because media is a very important part. Hollywood yeah. plays a very important role in pimping lies. In That's what we celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, since birth of a nation. Birth of a Nation was the biggest hit ever by D.W. Griffith, who was a brilliant filmmaker, but an absolute racist. In fact, he came up with the idea because he thought it was so theatrical and filmically moving Mm -hmm. to burn crosses. And therefore, the Ku Klux Klan started to repeat that. So from there, we have... But the Ku Klux Klan was reborn with the Ku Klux Klan, of course, came in the uh, 1880s. But that movie... uh, when the clan was on the decline that movie brought back the birth of the clan absolutely absolutely so dw griffith in fact spike lee has a lot really interesting things to say about that film because he studied that film you know being uh, in new york when he was at new york uh nyu at film school and he actually did a film in response so it's very important to you what he has to say about that but what's important i think getting back to what tony morrison said is that we can't be silent and this this country right now, the power structure wants us to be silent. They want to pepper us and they want to hit us with so much that they're going to drive us into silence. No, above all, we have to speak loudly and clearly yeah. about the demagoguery and the wannabe dictator who still has power. He's not he hasn't gone. And that's what this podcast is all about. This podcast is not about being silent. This podcast is about g- getting that word out there, spreading this passage. This podcast is all about or this this aggregate, if you will. It really is about trying to lift our voices and say, hey, create your own narrative. Don't buy into what the media is telling you about your own culture, about your own identity. Don't buy into what the media is telling you about the Latino culture or identity or the Asian or Muslim. Uh, They, like you said, it seems they want to and are trying to maintain their power. And the, the, the fear is that that we come together as people of color who who make up the majority of the planet, if you will, okay, and we still haven't yet recognized our power. Uh, so, but you're talking about Toni Morrison and speaking up. You do that all the time with your art, with your performance art. Yes, and just to give people a sample because they'll be hearing it. <clears throat> Here's an example of a piece that I wrote many moons ago that is now performed as part of the United States of Amnesia uh, performance piece. It's called United States of Amnesia, colon, Dare to Remember. And it was just in DC with Gala Hispanic Theater there. We just did two shows. The second show was a standing ovation. We had a great review in the DC Metro News Theater article. And here's a piece called, and what if after so many words? And what if after so many words? What if after so many words? What if after so many words? I am sinking in the quicksand rhetoric. I am sinking in the quicksand rhetoric of Christian politicians who have jailed my genitals with census litigation, who have torched my NEA award-winning charcoal drawings of Virgin Mary Barbie riding a Harley in a bikini, whose only crime, whose only crime was coming on to crucifixion, Ken, through the 12 stages of a technological LED display across that says, Jesus, 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 buys more and saves. And what if I have so many words? And what if I have so many words? And what if I have so many words? 
What if after so many words, I remain knee deep in redneck Aryan urine, flowing putrid to the bowels and veins of televangelists who proclaim Jesus, 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 rides shotgun with a rebel flag, hiding guns and ammo in a Chevy pickup truck, and will put together an infomercial announcing, announcing, announcing the second coming will be brought to you by Hamburger Helper. That says a whole lot, you know, that, that's a whole lot about the United States of America, whether it be capitalism, commercialism, it's, it's all there. And I, I did uh, watch that performance on your website. Um, but, you know, time is short, so we're going to do a part two very, very, very soon. So tell the audience, where can they find your work? One, they can, on my website, they can find a lot of the short films. They go to torrestama.com, T-O-R-R-E-S-T-A-M-A. T-O-R-R-E-S-T-A-M-A.com. No hyphen in between the, the, the names there, but they could see the video shorts called Video Cortaditos. During the pandemic, I received a small creation fund award from the National Performance Network, which is an entity that supported my work for 30 years now. This is the 30 year anniversary of when I first hit the stages here in New Orleans with a piece that was commissioned by the Contemporary Art Center. The piece that I just performed was commissioned by Gala Hispanic Theater and the Ashe Cultural Arts Center here in New Orleans. The Ashe Cultural Arts Center is a premier African-American center and they support my work because I deal with issues that affect black and brown communities. In fact, the piece United States Amnesia also deals with the incarceration of black and brown people because Louisiana, our state profits from the jailing of black and brown people. So people can go to the site, they can see the work. I'll be back in DC sometime in the fall, late October, early November, with an LP that's being produced, an actually long playing album of many of the tracks, including that track that I just performed. Um, and, and some of it will have music, that piece will be a cappella, just my voice. Mm -hmm. um, and that LP will be called Speaking Truth to the Perverse Abuse of Power. So I hope to be back in DC. I'm going to be in Toronto, if any of you listens listeners are out there. They can go to my website and they can see the upcoming tour. I'll be in Birmingham and I'll be in California, but I'm going to be presenting the premiere here in New Orleans in September, September 23rd and 24th here in New Orleans um, of United States of Amnesia, colon, dare to remember, because remembering is is an act, uh, a, a rebel act right now, right? Because again, the country, the country and its power structure seduces us to forget, but it's going to be presented at the Ashe Cultural Arts Center September 23rd and 24th. They can go to torastama.com. They can they can hear, see short film links. They can hear some of the, um, the work that I've done for Latino USA. I did commentaries for them for five years post Katrina, 2006 to 2011. I was the only Latin American writer writing about the fact, the hidden secret right in plain air the fact that this city has been reconstructed continuously post Katrina by Latin American undocumented immigrants and even post Ida last year everyone that was mm -hmm. all of the people up on the rooftops were actually immigrant laborers risking their lives but this city does a great job of making us invisible right. I, I as a writer and as a performer I make us visible that's my that's my entire goal is to make the make the unseen seen I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's something that we all need to do as people who are doing our own platforms of media and things like podcasts or performance artists. 
Um, but Jose, uh, I look forward to hosting you again when you're here in DC, uh, maybe when I'm down in Orleans or, or New Orleans, I'm not sure how you all pronounce it down there, um, but I will definitely look you up. Uh, to the audience, uh, thank you again for checking us out here on the offshoot. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, or you can go to the website, which is www.theoffshoot.org. Jose, thank you again for being such a wonderful host. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you for allowing me a platform to just be able to speak my mind. It's important for us, especially black and brown people, to make sure that we commune because there's a big parallel struggle. So I'm deeply grateful. And I'm going to leave you with my iconic uh, particular <laughs> because I'm a conceptual coyote. I transport subversive performance art across state line and international waters. There you have it, folks. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the to the offshoot and or watching us on YouTube. And we'll see you again.